Welcome back to another episode of Talking Baseball. We've got Disco Neil Walker on the show today. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Baseball. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. My name is Jimmy. I got Jake with me. I got Trev with me. We just wrapped up a late night conversation with Neil Walker of your Philadelphia Phillies, Pittsburgh Pirates, Mets, half a season with the Brewers and the Yankees and the Marlins. It's been around, huh? Trev, you guys go way back. There's some good stories, a really one particularly funny story that I don't want to spoil for the people that are about to hear it, but uh, you guys go back to you like 17 years old. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, Neil and I, same draft class, so when you're kind of in that, um, I don't know, upper echelon, I guess that's the right word, of guys in that draft, uh, you kind of start to see each other a bit. And Yeah, we had, a, we had a run in early on, but Neil's always been one of my favorite guys to watch. I think J- uh, Jake, you know, hit it perfectly describing him professional at bats going to give you a professional defensive display but he does have a little bit of swag with him man like he's got that confidence that you need and that's why he's been able to stick around he mentioned he's six days away from 10 years and that's like the gold mark man if you get to 10 years that is something just sitting on that yeah that's pretty cool i like i like that players really like have those milestones in their head and you hear him say like like you know He's going to celebrate that, and that's pretty cool. Jake, let me start that over because I was going to spoil something. Jake, what you got? Uh, you know Neil is endeared to me. He's he's endeared to a little bit of whatever this career of mine has now turned into, uh, and maybe some talking baseball fans will be welcome to that in the end. But he was great, man. Uh, I mean, just like uh you know a pros pro all that stuff but like i'm i'm picturing if i was a gm and like you're you're looking for dudes to put on your team like i'm trying to find an argument against that guy like uh, any anything you'd want from a veteran presence he was and he's he's like a good times a little fur to boys at the end for the boys got a little nick swisher like laugh to him he's like very happy guy i could see that good energy yeah all right let's let's throw it right to that here you go Neil Walker. We are joined by, during a special late night edition of Talking Baseball, we are joined by Neil Walker. Neil, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys for having me on. This is fun. Where are you coming to us from? Yeah, I'm coming to you from from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Still partially quarantined up here. Um, Enjoying... As, uh, as much family time as you can. I got a four-year-old and a seven-month-old up in the house. I've done more changing of diapers and breakfast making for little kids and taking more tongue lashings from, from little kids than, than I would have liked to. But, you know, the four-year-old, <laughs> that's, yeah, the four-year-old age is when they start to reason and they can start to tell you things. You're like, wow, you're actually kind of making sense, but... Sh- Shut your mouth, because I'm your dad. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, I, I lose, I lose every battle in my house. I love it, man. We we've been talking to a lot of players throughout quarantine, and uh, for a lot, like I just love asking the question, like, what's it like to have a free summer? Because, like, you know, your whole life, your your summers have been baseball. Are you yeah. finding yourself like, wow, it's nice you know, out at yeah, night? Yeah, you know when it, you know when it hit me, it was like, uh, what was that? Was it Memorial Day? That was a couple of weeks ago, and 
uh, people were like, oh, what are you doing for Memorial Day? And, and like, I was like, Memorial Day? Like, <laughs> I haven't had a Memorial Day in 20 years. <laughs> what are you talking about? But on the same token, I was very fortunate because I at least when I was playing for, for the Pirates, I, we still live in this somewhat the same area that, that I played in. So like that was, every, you know, every every once in a while on a Sunday, you'd get to go have a family get together yeah. or something like that. So like the summers weren't completely like you're stuck in a Manhattan apartment or, you know, that was after I left Pittsburgh. But you, I mean, to, to I was driving downtown in downtown Pittsburgh the other day and I remember driving, I was driving home and I was like, wait a second, this is not it's five o'clock on a on a Wednesday afternoon, and I'm and I'm driving down the highway. This is not normal, but you know, fingers crossed that, that this thing will kick off anytime in the near future. So, <laughs> yeah, well, don't hold your breath because it seems like every time we get our hopes yeah. up, man, something yeah, else right? goes on. But we're definitely uh, excited to watch you play some baseball this year. We saw you in spring training. Yep, which was we didn't cool. get a chance was- to catch up, but that was fun to see you guys. Yeah. Yeah, you had a big meeting that day. We were waiting to talk to everyone. You guys had a big yeah, long that's meeting. Right. Um, how 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 did that go? How was how was Philly? Uh, how were the guys? I know a lot of them, so I, I'm I'm pretty familiar. But how was that adjustment like for you? Yeah, it was good. You know, it was the last the last couple of years. You know, and you you felt it too, as veteran guys that aren't necessarily considered elite in their 30s. Like you just grind, man. You just you just you try to do what you can do to, to, uh, you know, to help the team. You try what you can do to, to be an asset for the team, but like, you know how it is. It's, you know, it's, it's about, it's about the young guys now. It's about, uh, you know, if you're making a, a little bit more than the league minimum, you better be uh, outplaying your contract exorbitantly. And, you know, so at this point in my career, I, I got six days to get to 10 years of service time. Ooh. So, <laughs> So, so that's so awesome. More, more than anybody, I, I'm hoping this thing gets kicked back off because you never know. You like to say, like you know, like you know, you never know what what next year holds or what the following year holds. But you know, I, I've been super fortunate to this to this point in my career. So, uh, but spring training was great in, in Philadelphia. Joe Girardi coming in, uh, some of the guys who were already there, bringing in Zach Wheeler, Didi Gregorius, yeah. uh, some of these guys. I played with some pirate guys, uh, McCutcheon and, and Josh Harrison and Francisco Liriano. So there was a, there was a lot of familiarity, and like we were talking about before we got on, baseball's a fraternity. So it's like you know you know usually half the guys. If you're 30 plus, you know half the guys yeah. in the clubhouse anyway. I forgot that Harrison was over there. Yep, that's pretty cool. Um, I had another question I wanted to ask you, and I just totally forgot. That's great. What a great podcaster oh. I am. Great job, Trev. We're Good like job. five minutes in. Say hi. <laughs> tip, tip of the iceberg on this one, Trev. That's tough, oh, man. Gosh. Someone else go. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'll go. Let's let's get into you, Neil. Sorry about my friend Trevor there. Um, I I want to jump back and we'll uh, we'll save some of the Yankee stuff for later because you know me and John Boy we fell deep into that world and we uh you know it wasn't lying at the start of this that we we became endeared to you on the Yankees. So we'll we'll maybe ch- save that segment for the end. But something okay. that did kind of show on the Yankees, or at least to us, because, I mean, we kind of know Neil Walker as the, you know, kind of slugging second baseman. You got a silver <laughs> slugger. You were raking for years in Pittsburgh. But, man, you and, – and we talked about this with kind of Trevor. You know, he had added some versatility to him. Yep. I, I want to talk about you because, I mean, I, I go back and I see, you know, you played a little – 
third at the start, but uh, with the Yankees, they started throwing you everywhere, and now, I mean, is that something you took pride in, or is that something like, yeah, coach, I'll go play right field, or did did you let them know when you came in you're willing to do whatever? How does that play out uh, for yeah. you? Well, you know, like, you know, Trev and I kind of had somewhat similar uh, career trajectories, per se, outside of me kind of starting as a catcher and, and coming up, but it didn't really – it didn't really get to me until my second year with the Mets when I was one year away from free agency or a half season, I should say. And I got traded. I was, I, I, I we, we had a, we struggled with the Mets in 2017 and I got the mid season and we had a bunch of guys on expiring contracts, me, Jay Bruce, uh, Lucas Duda. We all kind of played similar positions too. And I was strictly playing second base my entire career up until that point. And, um, all of a sudden they were like, they basically were like, Hey, you know, we're probably going to, we're probably going to try to move some of you guys uh, at about the all-star break. Cause DeGrom got banged up a little bit. Syndergaard got hurt a little bit. Matt's got hurt. There were a bunch of guys hurt and we started falling behind uh, the nationals. And I think the Braves were surging ahead that year too. And in my brain, I was like, you know, this could be the new norm for me. I, I don't know if that's the case or not, but it, it might be. And so they started throwing me at first and third and just kind of showcasing me for some of the scouts that were in the stands right before the, uh, the trade deadline. And obviously I ended up getting traded to the, the, the Brewers and I went over there and they were in a playoff hunt and we just missed the playoffs by one game, but I pretty much played first base and a little bit of second, and a little bit of third. So m mostly first base. So going into that following year before I got picked up by the Yankees, I was like, you know what? maybe my days as, as a strictly a second baseman are, are gone, but I, I think that I can still be an asset defensively. If I can play second outside of really playing shortstop, I can play anywhere else in the infield. I need to make sure I maximize what I'm trying to accomplish here. And so when I went into the off season, I made sure that I got a lot of work at third, a lot of work at first and still some work at second and even went and bounced in the outfield a little bit just to kind of see some angles and do some stuff like that. Um, and then I didn't get picked up till late with the, with the Yankees. I got picked up uh, like the second week of March went into spring training and uh, and they were like, hey, look, I know you only got a couple of weeks uh, to get ready for the season. We're going to be rebounding between second, short, or second, third, and first. Um, but if you're not ready for when the season starts, essentially, you know, you can, you can probably stay down here and, and get some at-bats and basically go on the Phantom DL. And all of a sudden, Greg Bird gets banged up at the end of, end of spring training. They're like, oh, by the way, uh, you're – you're going to have to take your 15 to 20 at bats in spring training and, and uh, be our, our opening day first baseman. And I was like, okay, well, I'll go, I'll go grind. And, and no joke, literally, it was the worst, the worst month and a half of baseball I've, I've ever played. And they were, every time I walked into the plate come late April in New York, it was like, who the hell, who the heck is this guy? Get him the heck out of here. I mean, it was, it was bad. And, uh, but you know what, to answer your, your question, like I, I did accept it. I was like, you know what, this is, this is kind of the trajectory this game is going. If, if I'm going to, you know, my, my goal at that point was to get to 10 years and, and to uh, see if my body held up and so on and so forth. But uh, I was open to it. And then that same year, Aaron Judge got hurt. Hicks got hurt. Gardy was banged up a little bit. And they were like, hey, bro, can you go play right field at Yankee State? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I, was like, I was like, hold on. I was like, all right, I haven't played outfield. I played like – 10 innings to outfield and AAA before I got called to the big leagues in 2010. And literally the first inning I went out to right field, they said, Hey, don't worry about it. Put your heels on the warning track at Yankee stadium, right field, because if the balls in your head, it's a homer. 
And I go out there, and it, it didn't take three pitches into the inning, and I got <laughs> Joe Schmo in, in, in the right field bleachers going, hey, what the hell are you doing out here? Get in the infield. <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh. so I stood out there absolutely fearing for my life for, uh, for, for about three weeks until somebody came back and saved me. But, you know, that was, that was a silver lining because that was, my, that was my ticket to get on the field. That was a rough year for me. Uh, but it finished well, and I knew from that point on that I was going to have to bounce around, and that was kind of going to be what the rest of my career looked like. And that, that, that's pretty much what it's looked like at this point. I mean, you robbed a home run. You only played like 18 <laughs> games in right field. <laughs> wow. And you robbed a home run in like your first – was it, it was like the first that's three, true. I think. That's true. That's true. It wasn't graceful, but I did rob it, yeah. I was going to say, what did it look like? There. Was it like, did you pimp it? or? <laughs> no, no, no. no. It, it was one of those where you kind of like partially stick your hand out and you're like, oh, I'm about to crush myself on the wall. Let me just stick my, my hand up and hope I catch this thing. And it, it happened to go in the glove. Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to check that highlight out. I'm sure I, I'm sure I saw it, but I got to go back. I, I, I love that you say you said how the Mets told you we're probably going to trade you and they, they showcased you a little bit. I'm looking at your defensive game log and – it's hilarious knowing that because the last five games you played with the Mets, second base, first base, first base, second base, then two games in a row at third base, and yeah. then second base, first base, and then you get traded, and the Brewers put you at third base right away. So I guess you did pretty good in your showcase. You just crushed new positions. Well, what's, what's funny is when I, when I, the day that I got traded to, to the Brewers, uh, we were in Philadelphia and Milwaukee was playing at home. And obviously, like I said, they were in a playoff hunt. So they were, they had, uh, Travis Shaw was banged up. And I had to go back to Manhattan in my apartment and get some of my stuff because we were on the road. And uh, the, um, uh, Craig Council called me at like 11 o'clock at night after their game. And he's like, hey, man, uh, you think you can get here tomorrow? We got a day game because it was a Saturday going into a Sunday. And I was like, yeah, it looks like my flight's at, you know, nine o'clock and I'll probably be there at 1130 noon. I'll, you know, I should be ready by about the eighth inning. He's like, oh, by the way, uh, Travis Shaw's banged up. We need you to start at third. That was like, oh, <laughs> shit. oh man, this is not going to be good. And I was, I was just literally coming off a, a, a hamstring injury. Um, and I was probably playing at about 75% at that point. And I remember getting back to my apartment at about 11 o'clock at night packing my entire Manhattan apartment up uh, and grabbing like two bags and getting on a plane the next early the next morning, landing, getting going straight to the ballpark, getting there at 1130, seeing a couple of doctors and being like, okay, you're good, you're good, sign this, sign that, here's your uniform. And no joke, by the time I, I buttoned up my shirt, it was like 1245 for a 105 game. Oh, and I'm like man. running out of the field. <laughs> So, in the middle so of the playoff race, too. In the real playoff that. race, in, in the middle of August, and I'm like, okay, I guess this is uh, this is what we're gonna do. So. Yeah, it's and it's very difficult to start to switch positions like that, even at first base, which is stereotypically like you know put the big fat guy at first base and let him you know play over there. But when you get into a big league game at first base, there's so much going on. Yeah, like you're pay, you have to pay attention all the damn time. I remember when I first started going over there, it's like. I had to remember to go cover the base. Yeah. yeah. Like ground ball at second base, third base, or shortstop, if it's hit to somebody else, you're like, all right, cool. Right. But at first base, you're like, and the way they position you now as a first baseman, they want you off the line as far as you can get. <laughs> right. So you can still get, but you still have to get to the bag. So it's like, 
first base is not like the the lug of a position that it used no. to be because of the way they're positioning guys now you have to be able to cover some ground and get back there man so right in in between he, between that and like knowing how far you can go with your second baseman yeah, but then you know oh, you're covering you're, you're covering first base and you got like freddie freeman up with a man on first and you know he's trying to just bash a ball through the hole and you're oh, like yeah. oh no <laughs> what am i bunt plays I like through? everything yeah. comes into play when you're a first baseman we're you know who you got to be the cutoff to home now. So it's, there's right. so many little little details at first base that I don't think a lot of people realize. And so it's, right. it's, it's when you guys first go over there, are you are like runners trying to talk to you? You're like, yo, I'm, <laughs> I'm new here. Like, please shut up. <laughs> yeah, please stop. I'm really trying to concentrate. Oh man. Yeah, you, you do have you, to concentrate. I mean, you do, yeah. And, but you, you know, you know, you know the guys that are going to come over there and be the chatty Cathy's. You know the guys that are going to be smug. So you know. You like you like to give it to him a little bit when you see the guy get have the zero for three with 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 two strikeouts and then he gets a walk in his last at bat and he's smug walking down to first base and you're like hey man your swing looks great stay right stay right there stay right, stay right, right there, there. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> well good. I kind of want to go back to what we were talking about before uh, we started taping you and I go way 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 back yep and we'll go back to this beautiful summer of two thousand and four. We are both high school seniors. We're both getting looked at for the draft, blah, blah, blah. I get a phone call from an area scout and says, hey, the Pittsburgh Pirates want to see you. I'm like, okay. They're like, in Pittsburgh. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm 17. My dad's like, I guess we got to fly to Pittsburgh, right? This is like the day of my high school graduation. I end up missing that, whatever. But we go and we show up to PNC Park. And I didn't know this ahead of time. I don't know if what they told you. And I'll let you talk about it, but I show up to the park and it's just me and you. Yeah. And essentially it was like a battle to the death. Who's going to be the 11th pick in the 2004 draft local boy, Neil Walker or West coaster T Plouffe. And yeah. we had this awesome day. I'll never forget it. Yeah, like you I and I were like buddies. Like we we're just chumming yeah. it up. Like, isn't this yeah. cool? Like we're on this big league field and it's <laughs> such a funny thing to look back now because obviously they ended up picking you. They made the right decision. You had a, you've had an <laughs> unbelievable career, especially in Pittsburgh. Um, but there's one detail that I love sharing with people about the story, and it is: I see you come up to hit batting practice. You walk out, and this, you know, you don't use wood bats a lot. At least I didn't uh, up until yeah. then. But you have to wear batting gloves with wood bats. At least I, I had to. You walk up. <laughs> And I see something on your hand. I'm like, what are you wearing? It's a leather gardening glove, and you only have one on. And that was your batting gloves. Can you yeah. tell? Like, what, what was that about? Was that like, did you always do that? or That was intimidation, no. Trev. Yeah, yeah. That was, that, that, was me saying, that was me saying, hey, West Coast homeboy, <laughs> you're on my turf now. Could, no. I just need everyone to picture this, dude. Like, you came out of the dugout with one gardening <laughs> glove on to hit batting practice. No, you know, you know what the truth was? Is I blew out, I blew out a pair, uh, a couple pairs of batting gloves. And you, you know how it was in, in in high school. You had a couple pairs of batting gloves, and I remember being like, "Oh no, what am I gonna do? I got gigantic holes in these batting gloves." And uh, I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, "These these might these might suffice. I can I can oh wrap these around my wrist." Oh my god. <laughs> But that's really funny, man. Like we were talking about, though, no joke. If, if if somebody could be a fly on the wall during that day, it was it was unbelievable. Like 
so you you were basically you and the West Coast Scouts were essentially patrolling the first base like corridor. Yeah. Me and the East Coast Scouts were like patrolling the the third base corridor, and then like the 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 GM and the assistant GM and the cross checkers were like right behind the batting cage, and they bring in a guy to pitch to us. We take BP, we take ground balls. I throw to throw to you at second from uh, from the catcher's position, and then we take some live BP. And every time somebody would leave the cage, you go back, and it would be like a you know like you went after <laughs> after a boxing match. Somebody was like rubbing <laughs> rubbing our shoulders, like hey man, nice job, hey hey, keep going. Keep going. You know what I mean? And you know what, what are you gonna do? We're 17 years old, 18 years old at that time, and we're and we're out there. Just like, what is going on here? These 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 grown men are, are telling us, uh, you know, making all the is sitting there just judging us to the nth degree, and we're just out there trying to have fun. Fortunately, between you and I, we have we've always had a great relationship, but that was when it kind of blossomed because it was if if we didn't like each other, that would have been a miserable day. <laughs> we had we had a lot of fun. Now that I think back on it, like I'm nervous for myself thinking back on it, but at the time I wasn't nervous at all. We were just kind of having right. a good time playing baseball. Right. And these guys, like you said, were like checking us out, grading us, doing whatever they do. Right. And it's just you and I, two little idiots on the field, just like, <laughs> this is awesome. We're playing on a big league park. Like, who cares where we get drafted? Right, right. Do, well, you, do you think you were lighter, Neil, or, or more tense because it was your hometown team? Like, were you more like, I want these guys to draft me? Oh, man. Or was it, hey, this is, this is my neighborhood. I, I'm at ease. Uh, you know what? That's a good question. I've never really thought about that. Like I never really felt like super added pressure, um, with, with before I got drafted or when I got drafted or even being, being with the organization, I always just wanted to play. Like I always just wanted to play in the big leagues. I wanted to play pro ball. And, um, it was just kind of a Cinderella story where I ended up getting drafted and, and obviously by, by the pirates and the hometown team. But, um, you know, when we started to really get, get good and, in 2012, 13, 14, 15, you know, I, I would feel, I would feel some of that. I, like I, I was just more in tune with what the community, because Pittsburgh is obviously a much smaller demographic than, you know, where, where Trev's from in California and you guys are in New York or in California, wherever you guys are at. But um, like you hear everything in, in, a, in a community like Pittsburgh. So I, when, when we were horrible, people would, be like yeah you guys are horrible and i'd be like oh yeah you're probably right <laughs> and when we were good people were, were were backing us and it was it was amazing but um i think i felt it more on both ends of the spectrum throughout my career as a pittsburgh pirate and even when i went to, to to new york uh when i went when i first went to the mets i was it was a way bigger demographic obviously but i almost felt like i could I almost felt like i could hide there because I, I i no longer nobody knew who the heck i was in new york so I got traded and it was like, oh, go play second and, 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 and play well and hopefully you guys will make the playoffs and so on and so forth. But in Pittsburgh, I was very, uh, you know, people, the, the professional athletes in Pittsburgh are much more kind of uh, noticed, you know, the Sidney Crosby's, the Ben sure, Roethlisberger's, sure. the Andrew McCutcheon, kind of all those guys. You, 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 you kind of get noticed a little bit more than, than you would so in, in New York or L.A. or, or uh, you know, Miami and some of these places. I, I got to go back when, to – to the draft story a little bit because Trevor told us that at spring training and like half believed it half didn't so I'm glad you confirmed it a um b and this is the weird question that jumped to my head when was the next time you guys saw each other because yeah there's something fun about a draft preview and two guys showing out 
But I mean, I know Trevor's got a little angst in there. Like, do you guys see each other at like high A ball? And Trevor's like, damn, that's the dude that they, they took him and not me. Like, do you guys know when the next time you linked up was? Well, that year. Trevor's like, I didn't even like Pittsburgh. I didn't want to go. <laughs> I didn't want to be drafted nine spots higher. <laughs> well, I, that, I, I, can, I, I know for a fact that when I got drafted, I went to the Gulf Coast League. And I know, didn't you go to a, rookie, a different rookie yeah, level? Yeah, I skipped. I skipped that one. You okay, know, I'm yeah. looking Ooh, now. I'd say yeah, my bad. <laughs> uh, I went to the what Appalachian League, but I'm looking now. Appalachian, it was yeah. um, 2007. AA. It was yep, double A. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yep. Altoona, you were in, you were in, in Ra- New Britain uh, Rockcats. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Because, because that year you were drafted that year by Minnesota. And I think Swarzak was also drafted that same yep. year. And he's a teammate of mine now. And I believe there was somebody else either in the second round or right around that time that played for a while too. Am I right? Um. Well, Perkins. Perkins. That's t- who it was. Yeah. yeah. Right. But he yeah, was yeah. a he was a college draft guy. I think. So yeah, he, he was in the big leagues pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I love Swarzak, man. I was talking to him the other day. This is a probably not a good um, like story for the podcast, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> If you anybody go check out Anthony Swarzak's Instagram, he he's throwing these bullpens in this like this cage that it's like got graffiti everywhere. And I told him it looks like he's in like the hangout of the Foot Clan and Ninja Turtles. It's he's like a, he's in Winwood. Like he's in Winwood in Miami. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's crazy, man. But yeah, I love Swarzak. But yeah, we we, we hung out again in two thousand seven. So three years uh, yep. goes by. Then we we linked up again, and then obviously throughout the the big leagues we played against each other a couple times so yeah we, stuff, I mean, we, we I'll, always followed neil yeah between between double a AA and triple a and obviously we didn't uh, we didn't play a ton of each other in, in in the big leagues just because of being in 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 separate leagues but you know there were there were a lot of guys there were a lot of you know the that year they were we were drafted there were a lot of guys that you and i had played with uh you know, in the showcases and whatnot, the, the Matt Bushes of the world and mm-hmm. uh, Homer Bailey's and all, and, and a lot of these guys that are, uh, you know, some of these guys that are still, still around. So we had a pretty, we had a pretty decent draft class that guys that had really good careers. Absolutely. Yeah. Verlander in that draft class too. That's right. Yep. Verlander, so, yeah. Weaver was there. Um, Billy Dustin Butler, Pedroia. Stephen Drew. Yep. yep. That's crazy. Imagine taking uh, me in front of Dustin Pedroia. Way to go, Red so- or Twins. <laughs> I always think about stuff I would have done, like like... done the same thing, bro. I would have done the same thing. Hey, oh, look I, at this. I, I got Wait, a hold question. On. I got the draft thing. It says, Neil Walker, solid frame, strong Ooh. as a bull, excellent true. physical makeup. That's Trevor Plouffe. <laughs> Trevor Plouffe, it says, lean, lean, wiry. Well proportioned body, square shoulders. Did it say anything about his Why hair? Why do they need this shit? Why so do they stupid. need this? Weird. Did it say anything about his flow? His hair, his, his hair, his legs. Yeah. Uh, That's helped me a lot through my mm. career, no doubt. One of my biggest assets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want well, to ask you, you about had... <laughs> uh, un- the universal DH because we just kind of are finding out that that's probably going to be part of this uh, proposal. Is that something that you think helps you? I mean. I think I know the answer, but as far as like the Phillies roster, how it's going to be constructed, do you think it helps that there is going to be a DH or because of your defensive, um, uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for Prowess. is. Uh, diversity. Sure. Do you think you'd be better off without the DH? Well, you know, 
coming coming up as a as a, a guy that's played ten years, ten ten seasons in the NL and one season in the AL. The only thing that I found that was difficult was well, number one, when I went to the Yankees and I wasn't an everyday player, I found that there were times that, especially you know, I faced more righty righty pitchers in my career than lefties. There were times with the DH with the Yankees, obviously, that if a right-hander started and I didn't start, the chance of me getting in the game was like 0.5%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, okay, so, you know, these last couple years, or really this last year with Miami, if a lefty was starting and I, a lefty pitcher was starting and I wasn't, and I wasn't starting the game, the chance of me getting in the game as soon as that guy came out were like 90%. You know what yeah. I mean? So there were times – there there's times as a non-everyday player – or I should say most of the time as a non-everyday player in the NL, you're, there's a good chance you're, you're going to find a way in that game, whether it's a uh, defensive replacement in the eighth inning or uh, one at bat for the pitcher in the sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever the case may be. That, that volume of being involved, I found, was very helpful as, yeah. a, uh, as, as, as a quote-unquote extra guy. Um, Whereas in the American League, there were days that I would go – or there were weeks that I would go three, four, five days without even stepping in the batter's box. And when you come back, it's tough. You know, as you know, like it'll take three, four, five at-bats just to get your, your, your feet back underneath you. So I think that for our roster, I think it helps because I think that there's guys like McCutcheon that, that, that are going to have – that are coming off an ACL injury. Uh, there's going to be guys like Bryce that – uh, need a blow and you yeah. know you don't necessarily want to give him the whole day off so you can let him DH. Reese Hoskins he, he he ran out of gas a little bit at the end of last year he's going to be able to do that so between guys like I think myself and Logan Forsyth and Josh Harrison these guys that can kind of play multiple positions I think that does help us uh, but on the opposite end like I said there's there's gonna be times uh, where you know guys like myself and guys like Josh and guys like Logan we may not get at bats for, for three, four, five days. And that's yeah. just the nature of the beast. So I, I, I'm, I'm kind of for it and I'm kind of not for it. But fortunately, at this point in my career, I've, I've, I've dabbled in both. So I kind of know what I need to do to, to, to stay somewhat prepared. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I think it's going to inject a lot, of more, a lot more offense into the, into the league. And, and this sprint, yeah. if, if this thing goes the way we think it's going to go, this sprint to the finish line is going to be pretty fun. I was completely the opposite of your career. I mean, I spent most of my time in the AL, and then towards the end of my career, I spent some time with the Phillies in the NL. And I, the um, anxiety I felt <laughs> as a bench player, yeah. I'd never felt that before, man. In the AL, if you're not playing, you're right. not playing. Right. You sit there, you try to pick a pitcher apart, you try to do something, but you know you're spitting seeds most of the game. The NL, it's like, bro, you got three innings to chill out. Right. And then after that, it's like go time. And it's like, you never, you don't, you kind of have an idea where you might come in, but it could happen at any point. Right. You could double switch the pitcher out, whatever. And I, I did not do well with that, man. I wasn't used to it. So I love that you've, you have that experience. And I think now with the DH, I think you're going to just benefit so much from it. So yeah, I think I'm, so. I'm excited to see. Yeah. And that's, and that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's the crazy thing about baseball is just like, you know, there, there's, you got two leagues with two separate rules and, like, like you and I are talking about, it's, that's the exact, the exact way I felt in the AL was like, okay, I didn't start today. Uh, let me, uh, let me take a sandwich, my, bro. Yeah. Let me, let, me take, <laughs> let me take care of my body and just relax and watch this game where in the, in the NL it's like, oh crap, 
our pitcher's in the fourth inning and he's got 75 pitches. Like, and they're, next inning, it's seven, eight, nine coming up. There's a, there's a good chance that I'm going to be up. And that, and like, oh, I haven't gone and taken any swings yet today. That, that anxiety, I, I totally 100% get yeah. it. But when, when, you're, when you've been kind of trained along, the, along those paths, you don't really consider when – you, when you have a day off in the NL, you don't really have a day off unless you're the backup catcher. Like, that, that's it. That's, that's just the way it is. Speaking of that, are you are you like a third catcher like at all times? Have yeah. you always been that like on the team? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you I have, have gear every year? Yeah, um, yeah, I do. Uh, That's awesome. So and, ne- and, I, and never, never, in, never in the big leagues, right? No, have no, you? yeah, I never, I never caught. So, 2010, I didn't make this, the team out of spring training, and uh, I was playing mostly third. In that year, they were like, "Hey, if you're going to make this team, you got to be bouncing around." So I literally was in AAA Indianapolis in April, playing left field and first base, and I'll never forget this. The first series of the year, we were in Columbus, Ohio. And the very first game, one of our catchers, we had two catchers. One was Eric Kratz, who's obviously still around. Uh-huh. And the other guy, I can't remember his name, but um, the, other guy, the other guy started, took a ball off his toe and thought he broke his toe the very first game. The second game, they said, hey, Walk, you're not allowed to play today because we don't have an extra catcher. And if something <laughs> happens to Kratz, you're going to have to go in the game. So you're going to sit today and you're going to go catch every, every reliever that's coming into this oh game. And it, it was it was 40 degrees outside in Columbus, Ohio, the second game of the season. And I literally was like, I think that I should probably quit because this is this is the <laughs> this is literally the worst thing I can could ever imagine. And fortunately, that fizzled out, and I and I ended up having a really good April and May of, of that year, and it, that shot me up into the big leagues. But man, oh man, that was uh, I've never been so happy to not put the catcher's gear on. But I have been the third catcher pretty much every single year. Uh, but luckily it's value, man. It. It, it does. It does. But I don't want yeah. any part of it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, do you want to like take that off your resume as you yeah. keep going? Like, yeah. right, please stop. Someone else sign up. Like that should be a young guy's position. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and for the most part, they, they take inventory in spring training and they're like, well, what can you do? And it, and I'll be like, oh, I can play first, second, third, right, left. And then I'll be like, catcher, you know, and they'll, and they'll be like, what was that? <laughs> oh, you can catch. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we'll get you some gear. Don't worry. You, you know, every couple of weeks, make sure you catch a bullpen. And I'm like, oh, I'll get the hell out of here. I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> so funny, man. Oh, I was, I, I want to go back to some of those Pittsburgh teams because those were really good teams. I yeah. mean, I, I think people overlooked those a little bit. I mean, McCutcheon got what one MVP. So yep. I, and you know, he, he kind of became a star of the league, but I mean, that's, that's a dude who, you know, you mentioned some of the different markets. I think if McCutcheon was a, a Dodger or Yankee oh, yeah. or some of those other teams, I mean, he would be household household and luckily social media, he is becoming household household, right. but I want to hear a little bit about, you know, a couple of those teams, maybe 2013 or, or what don't people know? Cause I mean, McCutcheon, yeah, he was a stud, but like, I'm looking at some of those pitching staffs and those are silly. It's Burnett, Liriano, Cole Morton. Like th- yeah. those teams were, those teams were awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, that, so I got to the, I got to the big leagues in 2010 and, and kind of got established later on in the 2011 season. I felt like I finally was like, okay, I'm, I'm here. And uh, Andrew was up there uh, a half a season before me in 2009. Um, and then fast forward a little further, Charlie Morton was up there, but he was still kind of struggling to, to, 
to get his footing and consistency as a big league starter. Um, uh, you know, we had guys like Starling Marte that came along, I think, later in the 2012 season. We, we got we had a really good first half of the 2012 season and fizzled out in, in April, in, in August and September. And we knew going into that offseason, we were like, hey, we got a pretty good squad here. Like, we got, we got some good players. And they did a really good job that year of bringing in um, Russell Martin and um, Liriano and um, A.J. Burnett and these guys that were, that were veteran guys. And they had, they had kind of meddled a little bit the last couple years. But, you know, it was a perfect market for those guys to come in. I think A.J. was coming from New York or Philadelphia or somewhere like that. Frankie struggled a little bit. I think he was with uh, the, the, the White Sox maybe and just kind of struggled in the AL came over and these guys just were like, were really good. Everybody was healthy. It was like the perfect storm. And we got to about, we got to about late May in 2013 and we kind of looked around and we were like, Hey, we're legit. Like we're, we got a chance at this. And, and we were staring down the barrel of the Cardinals and Cincinnati was still really competitive. Chicago was kind of up and coming at that time. Milwaukee was, was on the downswing for, for, for that year. And, um, we we were just good like and, and we didn't have like you said we didn't have big name guys andrew was clearly our best player everything was built around him our pitching staff was steady uh garrett got up there mid-season garrett cole got up there mid-season and he just jumped right into the rotation basically as our number two guy and we were we were one game uh you know we lost the game we lost the, the fifth game uh of the division series against the cardinals in st louis Carlos Beltran had a huge three-run homer in like the sixth inning to, 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 to completely separate the game. But we were – there was not many guys on our team that had a lot of postseason experience. And uh, that kind of catapulted us through the next couple of years. And people that know that 14 and 15 year, we ran into a complete buzzsaw after that with uh, Jake Arrieta and Madison Mumgard in the wild card games. Yeah. But we were just as good in 14 and 15 as we were in 13. We just – for sure. We just kind of fell victim to the we fell victim to the wild card game, and in thirteen we were beneficiaries of the wild card game. So that's that's kind of baseball. I mean, think about this last year: the the, the Milwaukee Brewers had had the wild card game won, instead of one, and the Washington Nationals ended up winning the World Series. So it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean that fifteen season, you guys won ninety eight games. Yeah, Damn. and we we still had to play. We almost had to play on the road for a wild card game. That's <laughs> that's insane. Absolutely fans insane. love it fans like as a fan i love watching a one game thing but yeah. as a player and i never had i never got to experience that but to play 162 games win 98 of them yeah and then have the entire your entire postseason balance on one game. Nine and yeah. you know baseball a pitcher can dominate yep. for one game and you have no chance and that's kind of what happened two years in a row now that I'm talking it out loud, I don't like the wild card game. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to call Rob. We, we might we might need to look this up, but I believe I'm the leader in the clubhouse for most wild card games played. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I have really. So I, I have I, I've been a part of five. The the one the wow. first year with the Mets, I, I was I got hurt at the <laughs> end of the year. So three with three with the uh, three with the Pirates, one with the 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 Mets, and then one with the Yankees and. Uh, I have a three and two or a two and three record, and um, but like it's only been around for eight years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you want me to be a part of a wild game, wild card game, just bring me on your squad. I guess. Was that was that? So, what's the furthest you went in a postseason? 
So we got uh, 2013, very first year. Uh, well, I mean, 2013 and then 2018 with the Yankees. We got the game five of the division series against the Cardinals in 13. And then we got the game uh, four against the Red Sox in, in 18. So, um, you know, both. What, both what was more nerve wracking? Like, was the buzz, the excitement, the nervous energy more in the D, like the NLDS than it was in the wild card game? Or was that or like how, like, just. Tell us how the wild card game is as a player. Like, it's it, like you said. It, no, it sucks. Like, it 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 sucks. It's, I mean, the so the fir- the very first wild card game, uh, Johnny Cueto. We, we faced Johnny Cueto and in the in the, in the, in the Reds, and we got up early, and Liriana just shoved right. The next year, we had um, we had Madison Bumgarner. He came into Pittsburgh, uh, and um, Brandon Crawford hit a grand slam in like the sixth inning. And Bumgarner threw basically a shutout. We were toast. No, no shot. The next year, Arietta was unhittable the entire year. It was NL uh, Cy Young. Came into Pittsburgh and shoved it. Uh, the following year, I was uh, with the Mets and didn't play, but Madison Bumgarner pitched, did the same thing. Shoved <laughs> same it. Same guy. For nine and it was still tied. We, we, went to, we went to an extra inning, and, and somebody hit a – I think somebody for them hit a – Oh, yeah, that was the Cindergard game, right? We yeah. we just rewatched that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he shoved it, and Bumgarner shoved it, and uh, somebody hit a three-run homer in like the top of the tenth inning, something like that, and we lost. And then uh, two years later, with the Yankees, we played the Oakland Athletics, and uh, Severino pitched an absolute gem. Judge hit a big homer early in the game to give us a to give us a cushion, and uh, I think we ended up winning like six to two or six to three or something like that. So, but. There's like it's out the window. The the script is completely out the window. It's not like okay, well, we got Severino throwing game one and Tanaka throwing uh-huh. game two, and you know uh, we got it set up to go on the road. It's like, all right, all hands on deck. Like all of our starters in the bullpen. Something happens in the first two innings. We're gonna go to the number two starter and hope that he can get through two innings. And that's that's really the way it's been. Most most every single game, it's either been somebody got a huge hit or a huge homer. Uh, to kind of extend the game and give a cushion or a pitcher has shoved it. So that's, that's the name of the wild card. Oh. <laughs> Trev, I, can't I can't even imagine, bro. Trev, in a kind of serious note, and the, the first half of this question, you think I'm D-bagging you, but you've mentioned a few times that your Twins teams weren't always the most successful. When you do hear that like a 98-win Pittsburgh team goes in and is in that one-game wild card buzzsaw, do you – do you honestly take a step back and like, hey, maybe we need to rethink this because that's kind of fucked. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. But I, I, I get it because fans love it. Yeah. yeah. Now, now we're going to expand. And the- it is like you open up the playoffs with a bang. Like, n- yeah. like if you right. when you open up game one of a five game set, or you know, not everyone's like calling their relatives. You got to watch this. Like I right. remember in sixteen when it was Cubs or, or I forget who it was, but it was like. I would, like my sister, I was like, watch this. Like, this is intense. <laughs> so it is like everyone crowds around, casual fans. So I, from a fan perspective, it's great. But yeah. <laughs> I don't think you want to be a fan of a team in it. I hated watching the Yankees. You wake up sick. Like, holy shit. I love seeing all the pitchers, the starting pitchers, march their way down to the bullpen. They have no idea what to do in the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. They're just sitting there like, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. How, do I get war- yeah. like, how do I get warmed up again? <laughs> Everything is completely different in those games. And like I said, yeah, I mean, thinking about – a playing 162 games and winning 98 of them and then having your entire season hang on one game sounds so stupid yeah but 
here I am, Jones in for a one game playoff. I can't wait to see that this year because I don't have, wow. I don't care anymore. I'm a, I'm a fan, and I get to just watch you guys sweat it out. When uh, when the first batter of the game walks and then Judge takes the opener deep, yeah. it's a nice, nice yes. feeling. Yeah, so, you want you want to be on that really, side, no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. That's that was like there's a video of me watching that, and I'm just like such a little kid, like relief. Like I'm not even excited; yeah. I'm just relieved because yeah. I've been a ball of stress all day. Like, oh, thank I need a team to root for. I need a team to root for. I need to feel You're that. Dodgers my, fan. I don't want to be a Dodgers fan. Twins yeah, seem twins. like a layup. Yeah. <laughs> I root for them. Yeah, I do. Okay. How about how about this? And I, I was going to spin this before we do land in Yankee world because it was a good segue, but I didn't want it. Um, <laughs> give us a little more on what you saw in the Phillies because we, we actually talked to Hoskins right at the beginning uh, of all this Corona stuff. And and I know, you know, you're, you've got, what, a month of spring training, four weeks of spring yep. training, but... What what should we be looking for on this Phillies team? Because, I mean, you know, Harper, Hoskins, McCutcheon, like those guys obviously pop out. Um, what should we be looking for? And maybe sell Trevor Plouffe on rooting for your Phillies this year. Okay. It's – I mean, it's – when you when you look on paper at what uh, – especially the, the, the offensive side of it, it's deep. Like, it's deep. Yes. You got – you got D, like you don't know where Didi Gregorius is going to hit. Well, I hate to tell you, but Didi Gregorius hit in the middle of the Yankees lineup successfully for about six years, five six years, yeah. and and you're looking at the lineup and you're going, well, do you put him in front of? Do you double up lefties with him and and, and Bryce? Do you sandwich uh, Real Muto between him and hit Didi fifth or sixth? Do you put McCutcheon at one or two, or do you put him at? six or seven do you put hoskins in the middle of the order do you move him down it's uh when 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 i was looking at that in spring training i was like wow this is a really good team and i played i played in the nl east with the with the marlins last year obviously with the with the mets tears for that so i've seen i've seen kind of how where the trajectory this this offense especially has is going uh and has come from and it's not it's not an easy you know you'll peg some lineups and be like wow this is going to be a tough lineup to get through four times in a night and then multiply that by a three or four game series. Like if we could sneak one out of here, we could see we're feeling pretty happy, but you know, I think, I think at the end of the day, it, it becomes, you know, how does it, how does the pitching staff hold up? How do the, how do the relievers hold up? And I have all the, all the faith in the, in the world and, and guys, and you know, you, you hate to see the Sir Anthony Dominguez is, uh, you know, have to go under the knife because they had such high expectations for him. And uh, you know, Zach Wheeler is a, is a sneaky, you know, ace uh, that that um, I think that is going to have a monster year that nobody really kind of, uh, you know, talks a whole lot about. And I think Jake is, is healthy this season. So there's a lot of really solid pieces on this team that I think if, if we stay healthy and guys play just to their norm, that there's absolutely no reason that we shouldn't, we shouldn't win this division. So, you know, and you look at the NL East, it's, 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 it's arguably one of the best divisions in baseball. Stacked. It's, you know what I mean? And you can say arguably that some teams took a step back and, uh, you know, uh, the Marlins are the Marlins and, and, and maybe Nationals aren't going to be the Nationals. But at the same time, you look at these pitching, all these pitching staffs. You the look pitching at, uh, staffs, the, yeah. It, it's unbelievable. You know, you go into New, when, when you go into New York to face the Mets, you're like, oh, great, okay, I got, you know, the last couple of years you got, you got Wheeler, Syndergaard, and DeGrom. And you're literally thinking to yourself, how am I going to get a hit the next three days? (laughs) (laughs) 
can I please go one for three with a walk somehow <laughs> one of these oh, one of these man. next three nights? And you know, obviously we we stole we stole uh, Wheeler from those guys, but you know, it's 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 a tough division. So you're, you're going to have whether it's a, whether we, if, if we're lucky enough to start if it's a sixty game, seventy game, whatever the season may be, like you're going to have to be good. You're going to be really good for for seventy games and. Uh, you know, if, if, if it bumps up to 16, 14, 16 teams, whatever it's going to be in the playoffs, that's going to help. But, you know, pitching is going to be the name of the game, in my opinion. Are you yeah. a fan of the 16 teams getting in? You know, I think there is, like you were saying, I think there's something to be said for playing so well over the course of 162 games and being rewarded. And, and, and if you're, you know, the top three teams, if you win your division, you, you, basically get a you get a buy basically into the division series i i i can't say that i love the 16 team uh, playoff scenario i think that it, it gives uh, clearly it gives more teams an opportunity but at the same time there was there was 16 teams packing it in before the season even started let's be honest yeah. <laughs> 16 teams a ton it's obviously it's over 50 percent of the league is going to be in the playoffs i don't love it if when I was playing, I would have loved it because I would have had a chance to play in the postseason. Yeah. So like guys, I think around the league are probably like, all right, like everybody wants to go in the postseason. So right. it's not such a bad thing. But then when you kind of take a step back, you're like, man, like over half the league's going to be in. And yeah, really the baseball playoffs, you know, if more than any other sport, it's all about timing and getting yeah. hot yep. at the end of the season. So if you're, if you're that 15, 16 team in, but right. you get hot, like, who knows what's going to happen, man? Yeah. That's why I don't like it because baseball is a sport where anything can happen. And I think some people like, you know, if a wild card team who had like just over 500 season and somehow sneaks yeah. in does get hot and does damage, people are going to use that as like, yeah, see, yo, we yeah, let him yeah, in. Yeah. But it's like, but that's not the point right. that the, the point is we don't want that because baseball so easily has parity already right. that let like, let the good teams sort it out. Well, think about, the teams that have earned it a little bit. Think about think about the NHL and the NBA every year. I mean, the the one versus sixteen or the one versus eight seeds. I mean, how often do you see that those those teams get clipped? I mean, it, it never happens. Yeah. And, and, it never and, and, happens. To, and to your point, like it's much more likely to happen in baseball, especially if it's a three game series, than it is in any other sport. And yeah. and, and then you're and then all of a sudden you're, you're the number one seed and you win 106 games like the Red Sox did a couple years ago and you got to go play the, you know, the, the under 500 Baltimore Orioles and they go have two of the best games in, in, that they've had all year and, and, and they clip the best team in the league. I mean, obviously that's, you know. Well, let's leave the Baltimore Orioles out of this, okay, Neil? <laughs> the the <laughs> under 500 <laughs> Orioles was the nicest thing the Orioles have had said about them in a long time. That was so well phrased. Maybe and not I, the Orioles. <laughs> I just just for any baseball fans that are feeling kind of disconnected, like they're they're lawyers right now. Go look at the Phillies roster. You guys have yeah. ten major league hitters ready to go. Like yes. uh, there's guys you didn't mention. I mean Jay Bruce, Josh yep. Harrison, like yep. King. It's it's silly, man. That's silly. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's a good team. You guys got to stay healthy for sure. Yep. Uh, even like David Robertson coming back. Yep. Um, Tommy Hunter, David of, Robertson. I mean, there's there's, there's the guys that are coming off of injuries. Yeah, and that's that's going to be a gigantic piece. And 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 we are we are I would say on the kind of the older side, and 
so that's, I mean, as you know, that's, that's more important than anything else is, is, is going to be the depth, which, which they, I think they did a good job. I think the Phillies did a really good job of, of, of really being cognizant of bringing in depth pieces, uh, both on the pitching side and the position player side. And now that we, now that these rosters are, are most likely going to be expanded to whatever 29, 30, 31, I think that's going to, that, that type of, uh, foresight in, in their mind is, is really going to help. Do you and Kutch look at each other and say like, are we just following each other around the league right now? <laughs> well, he lives in Pittsburgh. We, we, we're hitting together now here. Uh, so, so we get to, oh, we, get to awesome. we get to, we get to reminisce, uh, on our so your days. third team together, right? Yeah. 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 Third team. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. That's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm great. The way that they, uh, the Phillies brought in veterans this year, I think is really going to help them with these expanded rosters. And I don't want to like talk crap about anybody, but they're really, and I played in the minor leagues with them in 2018. So I kind of saw what they had at the upper level minor leagues. There's really not a lot of kind of like impact guys, at least when I was there that are ready to go. So to bring in, you know, a bunch of kind of veteran guys that have been around the league for a long time, I think is really going to help out, especially, like I said, if you got 28, 29, 30 guys right. on this roster, you guys are going to be able to, and, and with the DH, like, just interchange guys, keep everyone healthy. I think, yep. I mean, you guys are really set up nice to, to do some damage in this kind of strange type of season that we're, we're probably going to end up having. Well, when you think about, you think about, like, what the schedule could potentially look like, and there's probably going to be scenarios where you get rained out a couple times a week, and, and all of a sudden you're playing 20 games in a row. Well, you're, you're going to be able to kind of trudge through those days with, with a 30, 30 man roster, but at the same time, like you're saying, you're not having to throw the, you know, three guys that are triple A guys out there on, a, on the back end of a double header or four yeah. games in three days to, to kind of just fill in and hope that they, they go out there and play well. You're going to have bona fide big leaguers that are able to step in and, and, yes. and, and, uh, and help. So I think, I think that's going to be a strong point for us uh, if this thing kicks off. Yeah, yeah 100%. All right, so we told Jake and I are Yankees fans. This whole company started yes. as uh, as, as talking Yanks, so we got to do a little Yankees talk. <laughs> I want to start off. All right, so, uh, see you guys see later. You, see you, Trev. <laughs> see you, Trev. I, I got to start off with your first Yankees-Red Sox series was a pretty wild one. Oh, yeah. With the brawl in Fenway. Yeah. And all those big bodies throwing each other around. CeCe, Judge, Giancarlo, yeah. Tyler Austin. Yeah. I mean, it was huge. Do you have any fun memories that maybe like happened, you know, post brawl in the clubhouse or or pre or or during or anything? You know what? So, so it's funny. The, the the very first series that we played against the Red Sox was the very first time that I played. Uh, was it, that was my last stadium that I needed to hit? Was it uh, was was it was it Fenway Park? So the thirtieth ballpark I needed to hit. So I'm going up there and I'm like. I just, I just crossed off my baseball bucket list. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I just hit my last place. What better place than Fenway Park? I get up for my first bat and I'm standing on deck and I'm not kidding you. Like a 75 year old lady is just telling me how, how horseshit I am and how, and, and, and then I need to go back to the NL and I got no business being in the Red Sox Yankees rivalry. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is, this is how it's going to be. Here we are. <laughs> and that sounds like Fenway. Fast forward to, I think it might have been the second game of the first series at at, at, uh, at Fenway Park, and Tyler Austin just gets absolutely drilled, and he goes out there, and um, Joe Kelly drills him with 98 in the, in the back, and he runs out there, and I'm like, oh, here we go, right? And I'm running out there, and the first thing I thought of was like, 
I need to grab the smallest guy that I can find. Where's the smallest guy? Jackie Bradley. There he is. Let me grab Jackie. <laughs> I grab Jackie and I'm like, don't move. All of a sudden, I see Joe Kelly's glasses on the ground. And I said, I'm going to take these glasses. I pick up these glasses and they're busted. They're, they're, they're broken in half. He's got, he's got one lens completely popped out. I fire him, I fire him back into the back of the, the, the crowd. Uh, but, <laughs> so I, I, I need nothing to do. I got pearly whites here. You know, I got, I got, I got decent bone structure. I didn't want anything to do with catching the left hook from, you know, from anybody in that bullpen. You, I let, no. I let judge and Rodas Chapman, you know, and, and, and Batances and these six foot eight gargantuans come out of the bullpen and just kind of strut their way over there. I wanted nothing to do with that, but you know, needless to say, whether you're on the front line or the back line of a, of, of a, a soft brawl or a big brawl in, in major league baseball, there's nothing more exciting than, than being in that in that scrum, and it's just a matter of if it's a sticky. And they have Red Sox Yankees yeah. too, like that's awesome. And at Fenway, you're brawling against the rival, like that. There's nothing better than that. That's awesome. April, like yeah. early. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's set brewing. the tone. Yeah, it's set the tone for sure. It's brewing. What um, I I mean, how when you look back at New York, because you mentioned it was kind of your first time not playing full time, and that yep. that was a big adjustment. And uh, like you said, you got off to the slow start, and we kind of talked about that a little bit. You come late to spring training, and there, yeah. there you are at first base. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I went back into the numbers a little bit, and you, tough tough year from the right side, that's all I'll say. Yeah. Um, and, and did that just add to it? I mean, it, are you getting frustrated? Are you saying, are you trying to be like, hey, run me out there for a couple weeks because that's yeah. what I do? Like, how, uh, what, what was that like for you? So – it was funny because, you know, that I, I knew that I wasn't prepared for the season and it had nothing to do with like what I was doing pr- before I got, uh, you know, got picked up by the, by the Yankees, I think second, third week of, of March and had, you know, a few weeks to get ready for the season. I, I was, I was doing everything I could. I went to that, that camp in, at IMG Academy in Bradenton. So I was getting some live at bats and things like that, but it just wasn't the quality of work. Wasn't prepared playing that, that April and part of May. I, I, and I, and I kept asking, of course, the media is going to ask you, you come over and, and you're, you're a partial everyday player and you're not playing well and you played well in your career. And they're going, what, what's wrong with you? What, what's going on? And I'm going, listen, I just don't, I just don't, I basically was like, I just don't feel like myself. Like I just, I, I haven't got my timing down. I don't feel comfortable with the play. Uh, I just haven't settled in yet. And literally I got to like the second week of May and we were in Texas and I got a couple big hits and, and hit a homer and just flushed the ball. And sometimes that's all it, all it takes to get you kind of locked back in. And, and hit a couple balls hard there. And it was just kind of like the weight kind of just lifted off my shoulders. And I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't play stressed out. I can't play like uh, searching. I need to just be me. And it, it, if you basically take the first month and a half away from my statistics with the Yankees, I played almost pretty much the exact same I have in my career. But you know, when you're in a place like New York, you understand that the, the you know, when you're not, when you're not playing up to par, uh, you're going to be asked questions. You're going to be uh, uh, prodded and, 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 and told that you, you stink. And you know that as a player, like, you know, that, you know, it wasn't one of these things where I was like, oh man, I've lost a step. I've, I'm 32 years old or whatever the case may be. I was just like, dude, I just don't feel right. I just, my timing's not right. And uh, like you said, I was playing three, four days a week. I was playing most of the time when righties would pitch wouldn't play when lefties would pitch. Um, and uh, I just didn't feel great. Then all of a sudden, mid-May comes around. I start to get it, get it back. 
and, and I had a good rest of the year. So it was a good learning curve for me because going from pretty much playing every day to not playing every day and then learning the routine of how to prepare as a, as a bench guy and as a non-everyday guy, it took a while to kind of get to that point. And by the end of the season, I honestly felt, even though my, my, if you looked at like my numbers for that year, they weren't good. But I honestly felt like I learned more that year about myself and about, uh, you know, what I needed to do to be the best version of myself than I had in any other year because I never thought of it before. I knew that I was in the lineup every day, every other year before that year. And that year I needed to be like, okay, I need to take more early work. I need to take more early ground balls to, to stay prepared. I need to hit off the, the, in the batting cage uh, in the sixth inning off a of velocity machine uh, to make sure I'm prepared if I get that one at bat that night. So. You know, it was it was a hard it was a hard uh, reality to kind of because that's kind of where I am now as maybe not an everyday player but a partial everyday player. Um, and but I wouldn't be I it, having gone through that. I was going to have to go through that mud at some point. And unfortunately, I I ended up doing it at literally the biggest stage in the world as a New York Yankee. <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, you know, I I I. I I don't regret any, anything in my time with, with the Yankees. I loved it. Those guys were great. And, uh, you know, outside of the buzzsaw that was the Red Sox that year, we, we, we had, could have had a good chance of, of making a deep run. Toward, I mean, they asked you to do a lot of things that were, that were new. Like, by the end of the season or in the playoffs, you were a defensive replacement at first base, and you were basically a designated third baseman yep. when CC pitched. And, you know, two positions that – <laughs> you didn't play for a long, long time, and now you're the yeah. defensive replacement at those positions. You also had, like, three big-ass home runs at the end of the series, like pinch, pinch hit walk-offs, three-run bomb to turn it. I mean, it was like – it felt like you were giving, you were, you were giving us, like, a, a presence. I was like, Neil's got it. That's how it felt at the end of the season. It really right. did. Because I, I, it really did. It did, not, it did because you had command yeah. of the zone – no, no, no. He knows it at the end of the season. I mean, I think your pinch hit numbers that season are amazing. I think you had like a one OP, one yeah. OPS and ton of home runs yeah. and shit. But I remember the home runs in Texas off Bart yeah. that got you started off uh, Bartolo Colon. I have an odd question for you. <laughs> Here we go. When you hear the term Disco Neil, does that mean anything to I you? I still don't know what Disco Neil is. Like, you yeah. know, I... I, I, I I wish somebody would explain to me exactly what Disco Neil. You know, I'm all for it. I, I, I whatever name, nickname you want to give me, that that's great. But I never got the premise of Disco Neil. So now's a lot of people didn't. It's just <laughs> Jake does. Um, nobody does, and it's <laughs> it's kind of everything you just said. And I'll I'll try to I'll try to define it, but we can't. Um, man. Tell Trev, Trev. I have no idea was, what you're talking okay. about. Yeah, so Trev, a big thing in 2018 season was at some point, Jake does these burns. Some point, the nickname Disco Neil just stuck, and it was like on our podcast. We're just, it was just funny to us. Like it, it kind of didn't you make just, any sense. It was out of left field. I, I mean, you're. I'd make these videos every home run. I'd make a video of a song D I S C O with, with the oh, yeah. disco ball, and it'd be. It'd be, it'd be Neil running around the bases just with disco balls. We sold disco Neil shirts. There's your face on a disco ball. Sorry. Hey. Royalty. Sold a ton was, of those. It, it yeah. was just yeah. your energy, which we're all seeing now. Like, you're, you're a positive dude. You can see that on the field. 
And, you know, it's kind of funny, like, tying in the numbers in your season. Like, dude, there was a couple months you raked. Like, you're saying, you know, in New York, yeah, it wasn't my best season. Like, the month of May, you had an 890 OPS. In July, you had an 894 OPS. Like, after that start, you got yeah. going. And it's it's what Jimmy was saying before, and it, it should almost mean nothing coming from us. But you were such a professional. Like, your at-bats were professional. If you went to third base, you played like a professional. You went to right field, like you were just saying. And everything you did was a ball player. And there was just this little bit of swag to it that it wasn't over the top. <laughs> but I think that was the disco twist that it was like, if you guys want to get funky, I'll get funky. That's kind of <laughs> what it was. I get it. I get it <laughs> Thank now. You. I, that's a perfect explanation of Neil Thank Walker. You. Professional with a little I'm swag. I'm for the boys. You know that. <laughs> yeah and that's amazing dude that's a great nickname now that you've explained it because disco neil if you don't explain it doesn't make any sense no. we got calls and tweets not why do you guys call them that and we were like if we yeah, and that's what you know, that's why you just, we you that's like why it or you don't it was great because the people that like got me and jimmy and kind of our weirdness like they were yeah. like yes yeah, yeah, but yeah, the yeah, people yeah. that kind of yep, did it they were like you're never going to make sense of this. Well, just so, so you know, that, that that's that yeah. stuck in the clubhouse. So uh, that, that started to, that started to infiltrate the clubhouse. So they they were wanting me to they they were oh, wanting yeah, me to, to bust a disco that's ball. That's hilarious. Whatever, whatever I get a big hit that's or something. That's awesome. So. <laughs> I got I got a Yankee centric question for you. I'll I'll play ball. Yes. Here. I'll I'll go Yankees right here. I'm looking at your stats. And do you want to know the statistic that you're four times better than Derek Jeter? Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, no. Oh. Grand slams. Old Neil's got four grand slams. Poor Derek Jeter only could muster up one in his Is entire career. Is that true? Career. Wow. Yeah. 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 So you're four times better than Derek Jeter. You hear it here first. <laughs> Whatever. I'm twice look, as good as Derek this, Jeter. Look at this. So. 304 batting average, 1.081 OPS as a pinch hit. I, I had it right. right. You I'll crushed. Uh, I'll need to. I need to try to improve on that next year to to, to keep my career going. So, <laughs> Love that. dude, one of us Crazy. in this chat right now is taking Max Scherzer up top three times. It's not Jake. <laughs> it's not BBD. Guarantee you, it's not me. What are you doing against Scherzer that you took him up top three times? What are you looking for? Literally, because nobody else can literally do that, just praying that he leaves one belt high and. <laughs> typically typically if he does like, it's got it's got this ball flight on it that's like moving you know to to the north mm -hmm. and you just foul it off so it's just like okay well you know he's gonna get dirty on me especially if you get to two strikes maybe he'll make a mistake sometime before i get to two strikes and i think the times that i've got him were like two one middle of the way heaters and uh a missed slider cutter in uh oh one that he left over the plate uh but more than anything, it was just it, it was just swing and pray, and I've connected with three. So, <laughs> you you got some good you got some good ones here. I'm looking Zach Greinke, you got him four times. Well, Whoa. I think, two elite I think pitchers a couple, here. I'm going over all I your stats. I think a couple were at the short porch in, in Milwaukee too. So I don't know if that I don't know if that exactly counts. Okay, all right, they count in the book. They, count. they all count. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking. You're talking to Yankees <laughs> yeah. fans here. They all yeah. count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's one other one other stat here I saw is that after leaving Pittsburgh, whenever you go back and play the Pirates, you just crush them. <laughs> is that just I, a comfort what, thing? What's the stat? Is there anything to that? There's like a, a, a revenge me, of the ex player that that totally exists in baseball, and 
you don't necessarily, like, I didn't have it in my mind, like, especially the first couple of years after I went back uh, with, with the Mets back to, to Pittsburgh, like, oh, I'm going to bury these guys. Like, I, I wasn't thinking that, but, like, you go to the ballpark and you're like, wow, this is super familiar. Like, taking BP, taking ground balls, stepping in the box for your first to bat. Because there's times you go play places and you're not familiar with the, the, the backdrop or the, bat, uh, uh, the, uh, the box, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, this is good. You know, it takes two games to feel comfortable. Well, you know, when I was in Pittsburgh, uh, I was I was super comfortable, and and I knew I knew exactly how how I needed to hit the ball to right field to get it over the wall. I knew exactly how to hit the ball to right center, the trajectory you needed to to get that ball over the over the wall and right center. So that's kind of where I made I made my living. But um, I think it was just kind of one of those things where you play for a team for so long, and so many guys do it too. They come back and they kind of just somewhat torture their old team. Uh, yeah. but it, it's, it's nonetheless, it's nonetheless enjoyable. Got to, uh, it's a four thirty eight on base percentage, Trev one dot zero four nine OPS <laughs> against the pirates. They love you. I and know, they hate you. I know how Pittsburgh. they pitch there. I know, I know their philosophy. So, <laughs> oh, man. man, uh, you've been, you've kept you for a while. So, I mean, you can dip if you want. The only other thing I wanted to ask about was, the famous viral video with the umpire and Terry Collins and Noah Syndergaard and you make an appearance in that. And for a while that wasn't available to the public. Did you guys in the clubhouse ever like laugh about that? Like the ass in the jackpot line or were you too much heat of the moment to really soak it in? What was it like when you watched that back? I don't remember. I don't remember. um, I can't remember the umpire's name, but uh, Tom Hallion, I think is who it was. I don't remember him ever saying that out there. I remember it was like late May or something, and we were playing the Dodgers in a four-game series, and it was a Thursday through Sunday series. And on Thursday, we, we ran through like our entire bullpen, and so we needed Noah to go like at least six innings that night. And the whole talk was like Chase Utley, you know, he, he took out Ruben Tejada the year before. You know, what's he going to do? And – I remember, I remember David Wright having a conversation with him and like, hey, listen, like, now is not the time for this. We're, we're scuffling. We're trying to get back uh, into the, in the, like the wind column. We were struggling for, for some of May. And, and Noah was basically like, all right, I got this. Like, don't worry about it. And literally, I think it was the second – it might have been the first bat of the game. But I think it was the second bat of the game. He rears back, and, and I'm standing behind him, and I'm like, oh, no, here we go. And I just see 90, 99 go, go behind his back. And I'm like, oh, no, he's about to get tossed. We're about to completely blow out our bullpen again. He gets run, and we run to the, we run to the, to, to the diamond, and I'm like, there's nothing I can say right now that's going to get him back in this game, but I got to stand up for him somehow. And I'm like, Tom, why didn't you tell us that this is – if something happened, you got to give us a warning, you know? And, and the lawyer in me is coming out, and, and, and I'm like, I'm not going to win this one. But I got I to gotta at least give him my two cents. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? He almost just drilled him with 100 in the head. Like, <laughs> even though he didn't hit him, the intent was there. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But I, but I can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're, you're right. And then he busts off the, the, the ass in the jackpot. And when, when I saw that for the first time, I literally couldn't stop laughing for like an hour. And, and then when you see Terry Collins dropping all sorts of uh, cuss words at at the home plate, um, the only reason he was mad is because he knew he was about to blow. We were about to blow our bullpen out again, 
for the second straight day with two more games to go against the Dodgers. Um, so it was that, – that was – I've gotten more comments about that than like anything else over the course of the last four years of my career, which, which is awesome. But uh, at the same time, when we were going through it, we were like, oh, no, this is, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> Is that a saying? It's an amazing clip. Is, it, is that like a real saying, or did he just like make that up? Like ass in the jack. No one heard it. No one's heard it. But I don't know what the, What does it mean? He invented yeah, what does it mean? I don't even know. No idea. <laughs> I like it. I'm gonna start using it. Yeah. I think it means like you know you're we're yeah, on the yeah. spot here. Like you know gonna, we're on we're on the we edge. Like to, we we, have know, to we do can't it, mess yeah, up, but we're I don't, jackpot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no other choice. I don't know. It doesn't matter what Terry, it means. Terry Collins awesome. going off. Damn. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm great. I mean, we, we've kept you for a while. Do you, Anything you need to plug? Anything we need to check out? No, I don't think so. Um, we think. No more run-ins with Trev. We, we, we played, some, we played some, some, some good amateur, game, amateur ball together. Um, what uh, what's what's your number in Philly? Uh, twelve. I've always been. Number. Can't wait to see number 12, twelve out 14, there. 18, and twenty. I've tried to I've tried to stay in the ten to twenty range if I can. So, but if I if I if I have to pay for a number, you know, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not buying somebody a Rolex for their number. Right? <laughs> I got diapers to buy and all sorts of stuff now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Real stuff. I love it, man. We appreciate you coming no, on. This is, awesome. this is fun, guys. I appreciate fun, it. Dude. You Thanks, guys man. are killing awesome. it. I'm so happy for you guys. So Appreciate that, Appreciate man. that. Need to see appreciate you back that. on the field, yeah, dude. Soon. Yeah, man. Soon. And there you have it. And, Jake, what I was going to say at the top of the show that I didn't want to say is it's very cool that the nickname you made up for a player that has no basis was used in the clubhouse <laughs> By his teammates. That's pretty cool to hear. It was proven that there was perfect basis for it by that bullshit response I stumbled into. But uh, yeah, man, and you and I, you know, we peel back the curtains a little bit. We, you know, we try almost not to do that because it sounds really douchey if we run into Yankees players and it's like, hey, did you see this? <laughs> so so we try you, not. Do you, do, you know, do you know what we call you? Yeah, so it, it, it's douchey not to do that. But yeah, I mean, to hear that was obviously really cool and uh awesome like i asked him if he wanted to plug anything and he's like yeah let me see if i've got old trevor stories and it's like oh man like you're <laughs> yes yeah, you're good dude you're good and hey let's be honest well i can speak for me and jimmy here we we had a, a longer day today uh you know we're recording late night and uh i'm i'm full with spunk right now that was great yeah it's a good one yeah I, I knew coming in that he was going to be a good interview or just kind of a good discussion partner. I'll give him that. Um, but like you said, he kind of brings that energy in that in in that role that he's in now. You know, where he's probably not going to be an everyday player, at least to start. Maybe something happens, whatever. But that's that's the energy you're looking for. If you're putting together a roster, a guy that can keep you loose but be professional about it, it's Neil Walker to a T. I think uh, Philly did a good job going out and getting him. And he's going to be a big part of the team this year. And, and like he said in the interview, they have a long lineup and they are really well positioned to do well this year, particularly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 
They got they're stacked. I don't buy the pitching as much as you know we're supposed to, especially in like a, a, a an arms race. You could because, you could say that again about any team. Well, That's what I think. Everyone's it's all about the pitching. You go as far and, as your pitchers, and yep. they they're they're no different. In a shortened season, I I mean I really do think they a get a DH and seriously look at their bats. It's silly. DH helps them a lot. Um, and like hey, you know I think when we talked about the Phillies preseason, it was kind of like you know hey you need Wheeler to put it together. Um, you need Nola to put it together. And now in a shortened season, I mean there's no reason to like bet against those guys. And then, Hey, if Arietta figures it out, you know, you're, you, you got a playoff rotation there. So, uh, go Phil's babe. Go Phil's. All right. Thank you guys very much. I just texted you a link, Trev, to the, the disco. I'm watching it right now. It's hilarious. You got to listen to it too. It's fucking, as soon as the ball hits the bat, it just goes D I S C (laughs) disco. Uh, all right. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Hope you have a great day and we will see you later.